Turn on that radio and back here. The cops ain't likely to catch up with us, not tonight. So we can all be quiet and peaceable and listen to the music. This episode of Auto Dealer Live is brought to you by TrueCar. Because it's free agent day, gentlemen. What's up? Live here in the studio, I'm yo, Dave yo, Villa. Yo, yo. I'm Dave Cribs. I'm uh, Tommy Owell. <laughs> and it's free agency in Auto Dealer Live studio, man. I'm looking forward to today for quite a long time, or as of last week, <laughs> last because uh, we minutes. just switched gears a little bit. Man, what a great, great topic to talk about. What a perfect time, closing out one year, moving into the next calendar year. Mm-hmm. In the words of Tom Petty, I'm free, I'm free, free, falling. Oh. <laughs> I always change the words to that. Free agents and... No, I said I always change the word. It's, it's like when a, when, a, when a gentleman when a, when a gentleman goes without interior pantaloons. You what are you? You're free. You're free. free. Yeah, Do you think we can give credit to our producers for the timing of this show? I mean, it is the beginning of the year, so free agency is a great show to have. Good and job, producers. Show. We're going to give there credit. He goes. He's I'm out the door. On your arm there. Look at this. In the screen, it's like I'm writing on your arm there, but I'm not. It's the magic of video. Magic of TV. So, hey, why don't you do us a favor and hashtag Auto Deer Live today. Get involved because I think we're going to want some of y'all to get involved. If you happen to be mm-hmm. in a current position of free agency, yeah. maybe you want to get drafted or recruited. Maybe we got scouts out here like in, you know, like you're a high school pitcher. And, you know, you see that one guy in the corner and he's writing stuff down. He's taking notes. Well, maybe he's, maybe he's scouting you out. <laughs> you ever think about that? He may be scouting you out. So, hashtag Auto Deal Live, and then we, we're going to take calls, right? Yeah, Cribs? absolutely. All right, so what's the number to yeah. get for them to call in? It's uh, 813-574-1820. And really, don't hesitate to call in if you are a free agent. We do have dealers all over the country. It doesn't matter where you're at. And in fact, for the right opportunity, you might want to pack up and move. I mean, it's often worth that. But, Florida is but, 80 degrees today. Yeah, exactly. Just saying. Exactly. Well, and, and another thing I'm going to bring out, too. Listen, maybe you're incognito. Maybe you don't want to be a, a free agent but you're a free agent. And so call in anyway and showcase, you know, you know, your goods. I mean, because here's the, here's the bottom line. This is on film, you know, so we're going to have some good footage of you might be able to come on and maybe you can, maybe you can weigh in on, maybe you've got a great experience. Um, you know, we've connected a lot of people here on auto dealer live one way or the other. There's people that are friends that weren't friends. There's associates that weren't associates, people that went to work for this person, this person hired that person. And so here's what we'd like to hear as well today as we're discussing this topic and interviewing our guest. We want to hear you call in and maybe you have an experience on bringing in somebody that was a free agent. You know, one of my favorite, we said this earlier in one of the promos, one of my favorite sports free agent analogies or 
or stories. You hear this a lot, so it's, I guess I don't know what it would be called, but examples would be the multiple times when that right scout, you know, that's willing to work a little harder, you know, dig a little deeper and go to a, a place where the other scouts aren't maybe aware of it. Maybe they found a diamond in a rough or maybe, you know, they, they found that, that hidden jewel. And I think that's a great a great many of us have stories like that I've hired plenty of people that that you know what if, if you would you would see like Tommy here for instance you know eight eight plus years ago you know you might not have hired him I was a rusty turd eight years ago <laughs> and you, know, they say you can't did. polish a turd but you know what you can you can we it just takes up. it takes a lot of varnish a lot of bondo Remember some bondo? bondo yep some bondos involved absolutely well, here's the here about the story. But you're no longer a turd. That's Today, right. I'm not a polished turd. Today, he will be highly sought, off and sought out you. and recruited. Not a turd anymore. But but my point is is that you can find diamonds in a rough. I think that can exist on today's show as well. And I love to hear those stories, wouldn't you? They can't, well, yeah, you hear the stories all the time. So, you know, as uh, NFL, you know, the guy was undrafted or the guy was a 22nd round pick and, you know, he was a, a shining turd in the... I keep this a turd. I don't know. Go ahead. No, go ahead. By all means, continue. No, I don't know where I was. So, yes. So, uh, you know, you have these guys who are are shining turds in the industry, Mm -hmm. and they're just, they're just, they just need, they just need some, they just need some TLC. Yeah. Give them a little TLC. Teach them. Sing it like, mold them. Sing it like, sing it like like they did. Little TLC. Little TLC, like chasing waterfalls. Come on. I'm not doing that. And I don't know if you were talking about Michael Jackson or. uh, Well, you know what? I was thinking uh, too. Which one? TLC, probably Michael Jackson would be the one. And so I creep, yeah, to find a car salesman who can sell me 30 cars. All off the top of the dome, kids. That's why you want to tune in every week. That's why. That's why you get paid the big bucks. So, Dave, let me ask you, man. Going into free agency, you've been in the car business since Moby Dick was a minnow. Thank you, sir. And, you know, (laughs) the deal is, you like that, don't you, ask? Wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He sold Model T number 14 right off the assembly line. Here's the thing, Dave. You know, (laughs) we we obviously, we're having a lot of fun with this topic of free agency, but it's a serious topic in the car business. I mean, you know, everyone is aware of the turnover that we experience in the car business. And I don't think really any owner or dealer really wants that or desires to have turnover, but it is a fact. It it, it happens in this business for a lot of different reasons, but is it more how you handle? So if it happens, is it more how you handle the change? Is it more how you lead it? More how you react to it as a dealer? Are you talking about, Yeah. let's say you're a dealer out there and it's going to happen. So you're going to have change. Is it more how you handle the change or because it's inevitable? What's the key to succeeding in, in, a, in, a, in an era of free agency or a season of free agency? Well, that's a great question. I think, you know, one of the areas for me as a leader in a dealership, I, I, the first thing I want is I want to, to have my employees, the right. people who work for me from, from, from the, you know, back to the front to really understand our mission, our culture. And I want to communicate that on a daily basis as a leader. <laughs> right. I, think, I think a lot of people leave dealerships because... Maybe they feel there isn't going to be opportunity. Maybe they feel this is wrong or that is wrong, where if they could really see other sides of it. And as a dealer, you can communicate that. You know, as a leader, you can communicate those things. And, and I think another good idea is, you know, obviously obvious is if you have a bunch of people leaving, you know there's something up, right? So exit interviews are important. It's important to, to find out what's going on. But most importantly, I think being engaged, you know, as a um, – if you're – if you're a general manager and you're running the show like physically on the property versus an owner who may be or may not be on the floor, 
Um, I think that's important is understanding what's yeah. going on on your floor. I mean, that, to me, that's the big one. Dave Sabowski said this, and I'm going to challenge you guys in a second. I'm going to look right here in the camera in a second. But Dave Sabowski said it's the car business. We're all free agents. Yeah, well, that's you know, true. Dave's a little, Dave's old school. I kind of like it. He's a little salty, a little old school. So, <laughs> hey, listen, I'm going to look at right in the camera, and I'm going to tell you this, okay? Here's the deal. Call in today. We want to hear your stories. I already see Twitter blowing up. Matt Raymond's weighing in on it. Dave Sobowski is weighing in on it. We've got people weighing in. Steve Stonning's weighing in on it. We want to hear from you today. We want you guys to be able to ask the questions. We don't always get to them on Twitter. We've got two screens, one to the left and right. We see all your tweets coming through. But what I'd like to do is open up the phone lines even now, and we're going to get ready to run to our first set of commercials. We'd love to bring one or two people on to give us a quick quick story a little tidbit about free agency okay got a question got a comment as soon as you come on we're going to bring you on and then we're going to jump in right to your comment and we'll give you the floor but hurry up get on the phone let's get this thing rolling because the next up the next up is secret agent man i keep wanting to sing free agent man next up is our do that you got a free secret agent secret free agent man Secret free agent on, man. Oh yeah. Why don't I sing twice? I sing twice I today. Can't sing, so. I, I can't sing either. It doesn't stop me. How about free agent man? All right. The next up, guys. We'll be right back. Bye. See you in a week. Hi, I'm Chip Perry. Earlier this year, we made a pledge to dealers that outlined some major changes designed to make TrueCar a more positive place for you to do business. I can't say enough how valuable your feedback has been and how much we believe that your ongoing advice and guidance will enable us to continue to improve our service to you in meaningful ways. On behalf of everyone at TrueCar, I want to sincerely thank you for your support and guidance while we are making these fundamental changes needed to ensure that TrueCar works better for you. See more at truecar.com pledge. Hey, Jason Rice from Lotpop. Lotpop is a new and used car consultant firm. We do weekly calls with our dealers, but we track out and trend out hundreds of charts looking at their inventory management tool and marketing on third-party sites. We've taken the top 25 metrics and created our own lot score for our dealerships, which will allow us to break our inventory down into the current status of our inventory, the marketing of our inventory, the stocking of our inventory, and ROI. We're making that same scoring system available to all dealerships, clients or not. This is a great system for dealership dealer groups also to compare their dealerships week after week and how their inventory scoring out to their goals and the best practices. Introductory price of $195 a month, no contracts. Check out more information at lotpop.com, click on lot score, get a demo, sign up for a demo, or call us at 844-LOTPOP4. Thanks. All right, we're back, and the next up is our free agent panel. So we're going to go ahead and introduce our guest. We have Travis Lindemore. We have Kevin Campbell, Chris Bennett, Jennifer Briggs, and Paul Sansone Jr. Guys, thank you for joining us today on this uh, this show. We've got a lot of feedback already on social media, and uh, really appreciate you guys in what's considered the busiest week in the car business. Here we are, and we've got some great content. So, Dave, I'm going to let you jump in 
And I'm going to let you throw the first pitch, man. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Thank you. You know what? I want to go to Chris Bennett. Chris, you, you're a veteran. I mean, you've been in this business a while. What is it about the car business where we have this huge turnover? And what, what's causing this free agent mentality? Let's go to you. Middle management. Middle management. That's, that's what's causing the turnover. Can you hear me good? <laughs> yes, yes, Chris. When you say that, please elaborate on, on something a little bit more detailed. Tell us what's going on with middle management. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it's the whole um, – what I've seen is that it's happening, it seems to be a trend, is salespeople are being promoted without being trained. So now you have the middle management and your CEO guy, your desk guy, really not trained 150% at their jobs, they're not really trained to train people, they're not really trained that much to call in deals, it goes on and on. And what happens is then they project that down to salespeople, and salespeople can't perform because they don't have the help, so it creates like a circle, the salespeople end up leaving uh, the industry or the dealership, and then the managers end up trying to getting fired or going as well. You know, okay, Chris, and that's a great point. Paul, you know, as a dealer, let me go to Paul Sansone here. Paul, as a dealer, you know, I know that you don't have uh, – you've, you've corrected some things over the years and feel like you have a pretty solid model to help eliminate turnover. But you hear Chris, who was, you know, raised in a home of a dealer as well, you know, seen the car business from all angles, uh, been a manager himself. Currently, Chris, you are a free agent. And uh, – but, you know, yeah. Paul, Paul, let me ask you, though. I mean, you heard what he said about middle management. Does it really come down to leadership? So the dealers that are listening now, Paul, you know, how important is it? Because you're trying to build a business. Here, you know, you have multiple stores. You have Nissan, Kia. You know, you have these stores. And then, you know, it's so easy, somebody to get in their car, to drive right across the street and get a job today at your competitor. So if you're trying to build a business as an owner, in, in that type of environment, how important is it, Paul, to get your culture to the place where free agency, man, is not even an option? It's like, hey, I'm loyal. Well, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm listening to the conversation, and it's, you know, it's a little disheartening because it's not, you know, it's, I don't have free agents. I, um, you know, my whole business model is sales stability, management stability, you can always find something wrong in somebody. I look for two qualities when I'm hiring a salesman. I tell everybody I can't train nice and I can't train desire. If you have those two things, I have a process that will help you be successful in the car business. And I've been on a mission for the past few years to truly build my business through my sales staff, which if you look at the chain of uh, people that get involved in the deal, from customers on to general managers, I think most dealers, unfortunately, look at their sales staff as a liability, where I look at them as my greatest asset, and which is why I spend as much time uh, investing in training, investing in technologies that support their business, because it helps me grow my business. It's good. Yeah, um, and, yeah, and Paul, I know, I've heard of a couple of things that you're doing there that we'll touch base on here in a moment. But right now we have a caller on the line, and I believe it's Matt Crane. Matt, are you with us? I am, David. Thanks for having me on the show, big guy. Oh, you're hey, welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. So yeah. what do you think, man? You got a question for one of our panelists? Well, are, are you a free agent? 
Well, no, you know, so there's, so I do have a question, but I also have, you know, I think this is a great topic, guys. And, and you know, I've been in sales and marketing my entire life and actually played uh, sports professionally until I got an injury. And, you know, I think this is a great topic for two reasons. One, because we live in such a instantaneous information age, videos, and we're able to see everybody's success or the grass is always greener uh, videos or pictures or sales. And because of that, I think the way that you combat free agency is you really help people get small wins. You know, my coaches would always tell me, space in the station, baseball, right? So if you help somebody get a base hit and get on base and they feel that, they, they feel that excitement, whether it's they get a deal into the closing process and you get somebody to help them close that deal out, that's still a success. It might not be a home run or a grand slam, but it's a success. And what happens is you're able to build on those small successes. Uh, you know, For me, guys, my question would be, do you think more people are too consumed because they want to hit these big goals that their mentors are telling them to hit or they're seeing other sales reps that are hitting six-figure goals so quickly? Are you thinking they're too consumed on the home runs and the Hall of Fame uh, type folks, or do they forget that they can still go to the Hall of Fame hitting singles? I appreciate your time, guys. And thank you for, for for allowing me to ask the question. No, thank you, thank you, a, thank a, you, Matt Crane. Just uh, who? Somebody want to jump in and answer that question? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in on that. It's a collide, in my opinion. It's a collide of um, well, exactly what he just said. They see that they want the instant gratification. They see that there's a guy selling thirty cars or a guy making you know one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. So they want to jump to that. So they'll gravitate towards that person. And then the, when I say collide, the two two reasons. There's also a lot of dealerships don't have somebody there that's going to, excuse me, that's going to train them. So you have to have your, your newer hirees put in a different, have smaller expectations for them. You know, if you sold six cars, don't write down on the board, he's going to sell 20 cars the next month. You know, build it up to 10, build it up to 12. He, he pretty much said it, his own answer with his question. Okay. Uh, well, guys, let me. Uh, I'd like to jump in there as well because I think it's a lot about it's a combination of what Chris was saying earlier, um, and our our management teams necessarily helping people build their business. And I love what Paul has said that he's making that investment in his salespeople because he's not successful unless they are. But I think sometimes now from people jumping and then also from reasons causing them to jump is we got to think about that. Are we setting everyone up with the resources? That, that they need in order to build their business. Just like you said, uh, with training, what are their expectations? What is the goal? Okay, I've been in the car business. I started in 2002. It wasn't until I, 2014 that I actually saw an opportunity path at a dealership. Like, what does my career path look like at your store or your organization? We're lacking a lot of that because we are an instant gratification. Let's just freaking get it over the curb and let's go. We worry about all the rest later. We're so reactive, both as a staff and as a management team, that if we should be a little bit more proactive in training and putting people in the right place and giving them the resources that they need to make their business successful, Travis, let me ask you. Travis, let me ask you a question. Somebody just uh, a couple of things that came in off off of Twitter, and I'm trying to write them down here. But somebody said, and I'll, I'll kind of piggyback these two tweets, and then I'll let you kind of weigh in as well. Uh, somebody said, um, you know, people change because people are free agents because they want change, and they followed it up by positive change. 
and I and I understand that, but then Arnold had said, and it's, if the statistic is right or even close, seventy percent turnover in the auto business, and it's trending worse. So, how much change yeah. do they want? You know, and, and 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 at what point does that stop? Number two, the other tweet that came in um, is is on. Uh, well, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and let you comment on that, Travis, and I'll come back for a second. And uh, this is Travis uh, Lindemore. Thank thank you for joining us, Travis. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Um, you know, change in this business for me personally, I mean, I can't speak for other people, but the change for me personally, um, I was always told I started in the business in detail and I, I got myself the general manager. Currently, I'm a GSM. I was always told I couldn't have the job I wanted at the dealership, so I ended up finding it somewhere else, which turned out to be a blessing and a curse because if I wanted it bad enough and I wasn't afraid of change, I actually enjoy change. It was out there for me, but then that got kind of addicting. That's where I got myself into trouble over the last two years, and finally I've landed on my feet again, and I'm, I'm real comfortable and really happy where I'm at. And, um, and listen, if, if someone tells you you can't do something, I never let anyone put limitations on, 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 my, on my career path. I knew where I wanted to be at what time and when I was ready for it, and if someone didn't believe in me, I found somebody who did, which I said was a blessing and kind of a curse because it got – Almost too easy when stuff got hard to just be like, okay, I'll just uh, I'll go to someone else to email me every day. Hey Dave, yeah. Dave, let me jump in. Did Paul say something? Hey Paul. It starts again. I'm going to talk on two levels. One is the sales level, and the other is the management level. First off, on the salesman, I talked about very very quickly, nice and desired. The other question I, I try to emphasize or try to find out when I'm doing an interview with somebody is, or what are, what's the, what's the milk money? And everyone looks at me like a little crazy. What is it? What does it take for you to put food on the table at your house to make life uh, so that you could focus on the car business? Now, if somebody tells me as a, as a salesman, the milk money's two thousand dollars a week. I'm I'm going to have one conversation with them. If someone says it's five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars a week, it's a different conversation. So it's sort of setting up the expectations. And again, you know, is making sure that I'm comfortable that I could satisfy the milk money and that they have a reasonable shot at making the milk money and then some. And then I do things to somewhat guarantee that for a period of time, depending on the person and depending on what their needs are. So on the sales level, you know, it's the salmon going upstream. You got to get through the rough waters, but once you make it, you're okay. Uh, you know, so on the sales level, I think that's important. The other thing I do on the sales level, I don't even let them get out onto the floor until they do BDC boot camp for 30, 60, or 90 days. So when they hit the floor, then they are proficient in all aspects of leads because leads don't just walk in the front door. They're coming in virtually, and everybody is, is set on building big BDCs. I'm set on building salesmen that are more qualified to handle a wider uh, range of leads. So my guys come out on the floor with the ability to make money. That's what stops turnover. I don't think anybody truly wants to be a, a free agent on the sales level. If you're making money and, and you're being treated with respect, why would you want to be a free agent? Because the grass isn't greener on the other side. On the management Absolutely. level, just real quick, I just got finished with my projections for the year. And I basically plotted every manager. And I said, okay, if you work hard, we achieve this you're going to make this. Is that something you're satisfied with? And it's a yes or no answer. And if it's yes, we move forward to hit our objective. If no, then we got to figure out where the problem is right up front. That's good. And, and with all due respect, without, without respect to what is giving people milk money, some people want money for steak and lobster, too. You know, and that's, well, that's, that's, you know, every single time I sit down with a dealer principal, <laughs> they try and find out where my number is first. 
just give me a pay plan and base it on production and on, on adding things and I'll work it. But I don't well, have to well, 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 also, 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 this is Chris Bennett. Also, you got two worlds. I'm going to say, I'm going to stick with colliding real quick. You got two worlds colliding and see Dave smiling. You got two worlds colliding again. You got the generation of people that are used to being paid 20, 25, 30% um, gross uh, percentage commission. And then you have the people that are um, new to the business that want stability. So some people, a lot of dealerships actually that I know are putting in salary pay plans to be able to help train people and then retain them as well. So you kind of have both worlds colliding right now. And this is the only industry, in my opinion, that has so much availability for the common person to grow very quickly and make a lot of money for their family. It's just, are you painting that picture for them so that they can see it at the end of the road and they're not going to get the instant gratification? Or are you telling them, hey, if you come in and you do this, 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 uh, uh, first year, you're going to make $120,000. Kevin, let's get Kevin Campbell in. Kevin Campbell. Yeah, that's Kevin. I kind, of, I kind of disagree with you, Chris. It's like, um, you know, you don't, when somebody's looking for an opportunity, especially in management, you know, you don't, you want the truth from the dealer. You know, when you sit down for that interview, you want to say, you know, yeah, these, yep. these are all the great things coming from your store, but tell me about the negatives, because I promise you that every dealership, they have their salesmen in the closet, you just got to find out if you're willing to live with them or not. And so right. for a dealer to, to, to bring somebody on board and promise them and paint this beautiful picture of some great job you're going to have, and when they find out they get there, that it's not this opportunity that they were promised. Um, Absolutely. The dealers, the dealers need to really dig down and be honest with themselves when they're trying to recruit this great talent um, and, and be realistic with their expectations and about what's going on in their store. So, yeah, it's a great picture about, you know, what's wonderful with your, with your dealership and your organization is great. But, you know, this is somebody's livelihood. It's their job. So let's be honest with them mm-hmm. about the expectations and the problems that are going on in your store and then how you can fix them. And then, you know, see if that's an opportunity for somebody. That's good. Yep. Yep. Somebody put on Twitter, they said uh, they had like a tra- – they said training, question mark. Basically that th- there is no other industry in the on the planet that spends more money on training and retraining um, and the retention, I guess, the, the, the return on investment with the retention. So is it always, is it, I guess, I'm not sure if that was um, uh, directed at you, Jennifer. I don't know, because you had mentioned some training. Do you disagree with that? Yeah. That way, that, that, that there's, well, that, well there's, there's training, training, there's no, there's no lack of training in the business. Um, well, there's no lack of training, but let me just say, maybe there's a lack of good not, training. Maybe all of the dealerships I've ever been in, I, I just am looking at the financial statements the wrong way. I mean, that's just have an accounting and a finance degree, not a big deal. But when you look at the training expense on your P&L, what are we actually paying out? I have not seen a ton of stores actually make an investment in training for their people. Yeah, you might send somebody to a conference, you might send them to a boot camp, you might do this and that, but... We're talking about real training, and and what Kevin was just saying has to do with the culture of a store, too, and making sure that someone is a fit. And are you training people to be your brand and help them grow their brand? I think that's a lot of problems, especially when we're talking about on the sales level. Yes, it's fantastic to pull people come out of the business and bring them in, but I don't, and I don't know what the overall number is. I can hop on NADA's website and research it, what the dollar figure is that we are spending on training as a whole in retail automotive. 
But I highly doubt it's the same amount that we're spending on regular advertising or something along those lines. We're not making that investment. Yes, dealers spend a lot of money, and the ROI is low. It's low because what is your expectation? Are you hiring a trainer that fits your culture and is training people the way you want your brand to be reflected? Because if it doesn't match, it's not going to work for anyone, not the salesperson, not the dealer, and not the trainer because they're never going to come back. They're going to blow them out because it didn't work. Um, I don't know if that answered the Twitter question. Yeah, well, I was saying, well, if, if, that's, well, if, well that, if that's true, then I wonder if is the trepidation because – there is such a high turnover, and then it literally just keep, continues the cycle of high turnover, untrained people, middle management, not knowing what well, they're let doing. Me, well, let me, yeah, let me piggyback on that. Yes, take, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let me go That's to Kevin. Exactly let me go to Kevin and Travis on this, and kind of you guys can kind of both answer this question. Then, okay, taking this whole this whole thought, then looking at Tommy's right and Jennifer's right, both are right about the training. Paul, you Paul's a dealer. This seems like. He's he's a guy that's talking about if, if you if you read between the lines how great his culture is and how great his structure is and how the fact he has BDC boot camp and how he's doing all these things right but it starts with the the head right so Travis you you and Kevin is that important Kevin will go to you first is that really where this has to start because you've got this going back to whoever said maybe middle management you have these salespeople that are hungry that were brought into an organization, possibly by somebody, and then, yeah, you got some training, maybe some sort of online deal, but there's not that investment of culture, and hey, this is what's gonna go on, not just online by watching somebody, but this is gonna be, this is what's gonna happen in our store. This is the culture, this is what we do, this is who we are. Is is that kind of where the lack is? I mean, and if that was replaced, you know, are there managers that need to be kind of, maybe moved out of the way in some cases, Kevin? Well, no, I'll be honest with you. I mean, for the first, so I've, I've worked at I've worked at three dealerships my entire career since 2005. You know, the first one was for eight years, and for eight years, I felt like I learned. I kind of learned the business a little bit. Um, I was at a out of the single top Hyundai store, and for eight years, I thought I was doing a great job. I learned the car business, but I never really was introduced into training or you know networking with other car people and finding out how people do other things. And so, training is definitely great. So I left that store and went, and went to a huge dealer group. That was huge on training. They sent us all over the all over the nation training, learning about processes and things to do. And that's when I felt my career kind of rocket. It really did. I started to network with people and learn from other people. And so, yeah, I think the training the training is absolutely a necessity to uh, to developing good people. I mean, and, and our business is all about having good people, good people who truly truly care. I mean, the money is great. Our business is full of people who make great money, but the people who make the greatest money and, and are the happiest are the ones who are just genuinely good people and the customers love them. Um, so, yeah, you, you've got to train people, but the training is great, but you have to have genuine good people working in the dealership in order to be successful. Kevin, I agree with you a million percent. You truly care about your customers. You're going to be successful and you work hard. Uh, they, the answer, one thing is it's an actually an 80% sales turnover in non-luxury brands, and I'm a Nissan dealer in the Northeast, and it's over 100% It's over in some in Nissan. It's, it's ridiculous turnover. The problem is most dealers, uh, there is nothing good that comes out of high turnover. I absolutely am I'm clueless why most dealers don't invest more time, energy, effort, money, resources, to stem the stem turnover. I mean, and when I grew up in the business, I remember my father telling me, "Don't worry about the bottom twenty-five percent; those will turn over." Now, in the industry, you're fighting to keep the top ten, fifteen percent. It's 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 ass backwards, and you know I agree. Many dealers don't look at their salesmen as an asset. 
Some many salesmen deserve that, but the fact of the matter is, it's our job. It's broke. It's definitely broke. The training industry is broken because it's not solving the problem, which is you know again. Uh, but dealers have to own it because there's no positive, no positive thing that comes out of high turnover. Nothing. 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 Okay. okay. If, you, if you have a who's who's speaking? Chris Bennett. Go ahead, Chris. I was just, just going to say real quick. <laughs> if, you have a, if you have a trainer and they're training salespeople and the management team, and I see this, management team is not involved, then Bingo. as soon as that trainer leaves, the management team's like, nah, don't do it this way. We're going to do it this way. Mm-hmm. So now you've wasted your money. People are going backwards. Now the, the salespeople, if they bought into the training, which they should, now they're, should I do it? Should I not do it? Um, and that's why I said middle management. And again, Listen, the people like Paul, I know Paul very well. I've done business with Paul. People are the most important part of any business. If you don't believe that, don't open up a business because that's where you have to, when they say, well, we're going to spend money on training. Okay, great. So what's the plan? Because you can't just say, hey, I'm going to hire XYZ. He's going to come in training. You're going to be superstar salespeople. You have to have everybody on board from the top to the bottom. I want my detail guy trained. Well, I want to jump in here because this is, I, I love that that's what we're talking about. I will tell you, my greatest successes um, where I've helped my dealers earn the most money ever is when I refuse to train a single salesperson. We've put in place a completely brand new process. And I did a three-day boot camp. Everybody came from all the stores and we trained. But from then on out, my tra- and every manager came, every salesperson came, every BBC person came. And then from then on out, I did weekly training with the management team only. Because here's the thing, it doesn't matter how much money you invest training a salesperson, if that management team does not know what they're supposed to be holding them accountable for, that training is just, take it out in the lot, the big pile of money and burn it. Train your management team, and they will grow their team. We get so um, so stuck in this outsource, and let's just do this. Let's get this online training. That's not what it is. When you can create a culture of where continuing education is important, and you make sure every single person who sits on your desk understands why their team is supposed to do something a certain way, how it benefits the salesperson, how it benefits the manager, and how it benefits the store and the community that you're a part of, that's when you win. Yeah, and you're spot on, Jennifer, about the training aspect and having the buy-in from the top. I think everyone on this panel has agreed that it starts at the top, and we opened the show up talking about that, the fact that you have to have someone who's engaged, who's in leadership, and and who is investing. And Paul, as an owner, has spelled out several things. And that's it, it's an the obvious result is that we started talking about in the beginning that his turnover is low. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think that ultimately that that's one of the biggest issues. But I will say this, and I'll ask you this, Paul, if you've run into this. You know, I I was uh, sitting having lunch with a, a a local dealer here that's a pretty big dealer. And he gave someone an opportunity and got him, you know, put him into management, a person that was ready and invested a lot in them. And, you know, six months, a year later, someone down the street, of course, offered him a little bit more money. It actually happened to be at the store he came from originally uh, to come back into management at that store. So how do you deal with something like that? I mean, I think, you know, it's 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 certainly natural 
to go look at those opportunities when they're offered. What do you think about that as an owner? Uh, as it happened to me, yes. Does it suck? Yes. Uh, but, I, you know, what? the only thing I could tell you is that you got to put your best foot forward. I never try to get somebody cheap. I think it's a matter of, a, of, uh, of agreeing on expectations, my expectations of the numbers and the performance and your expectations of earning. And, uh, I'll be, again, uh, if you're matching expectations, then, you, then it's a happy road. It's when, it's when uh, you know, either you're underperforming and want to get paid X or where, you know, uh, or you or you are performing and not earning the money. That's where the that's where the rub comes in. But you know, I, I think the hard part is when a store is either growing fast or declining for reasons outside of their interests or brand going downhill. Because that's where that's that's where sometimes it's not the person's ability. But but all things being equal, you know, it's really setting setting the structure of the store right with the right number of managers so that everyone can make the living that they're expected based on the sales projection that's reasonable. But it does happen where somebody's going to do that, but, you know, it doesn't happen often, in my opinion, if you... If you truly are set on the set on the on the same expectation. All right, all right. I got a qu- guys. I got a question for Travis. Travis, you with us, buddy? Still, I'm right there, buddy. Um, we got a lot of free agents listening potentially. So, being that you've worked at every dealership, which one do you recommend? <laughs> well, I- <laughs> Come on. Well, the very the very the very first question I have to ask you so is. Bad. Um, if you have beard envy, you don't need to call me out online. <laughs> Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Um, no, no, honestly, honestly, you have to find a store I was, and an I owner and a culture that fits your personality and your goals. Um, Amen. I, I, make, I make no bones about it that I jumped around way too much, but I was always kind of looking for that golden goose and realized the golden goose was more within me than the dealer's problem. Um, Hello. You got to find the right Smart brand. Guy. You got to find the right process. You got to find the right pay plan. You got to find the right location. Everyone's got different things that they prioritize in their lives, and you've got to find the best that you can do and stick with it. You know, and do your research. And in today's day and age, with all of your information that's available and all the Google reviews and all the different people on social media you network with, you should you shouldn't really walk into a dealership like I did two or three times in the last year and make a mistake and just find a bad fit. You should be able to do right. that research up front. I love exactly. I, you know as a as a red blooded as a red blooded American man I got to I got to say Jennifer I got to say as a red blooded American Travis I got to I'm I'm a man in you all day long because what I just heard I think yep. is the one thing and I know Travis very well we met a few years ago and I'm going to tell you something man what I heard him say is I, took, I heard him take responsibility and yes. ownership and say you know something the golden goose yeah. is in me and Travis that's I think you just hit it the nail on the freaking middle of the head, right? I mean, that was, that is what a lot of us need to do. Dave did a sales meeting for us this morning, and you know, he said he said there was once in the car business, and he looked at our guys and he said I had to stand up, and he said, I said it sternly because if you don't say this sternly, it kind of sounds like you know a little wimpy. He's like, it's time to put your big boy pants on, but he said it sternly. You know, I mean, you know, Travis, look time to put your me- big boy pants on. Stop being stupid. That's yeah, why he's like, like, like yeah, that. Like, yeah, more like that. Yeah. But he, but sometimes, man, I'm gonna tell you something. When I've God, when I when I was tired of, of, of in my life of failing and and when I really wanted to do something different, I looked in the mirror and I'm like, hey, you know what, Dave? Mm-hmm. It's it's on you. Yep. 
And that's the deal, man. And I love that. That, I was, love that was the best answer possible. Uh, Travis, are, Travis, you're a millennial. Besides, yeah. the, besides the fact that Travis has a better beard, he flat does. I mean, his beard's pretty good. He's got he's got to, his, his beard no, has his beard, has, just, beautiful beard. His beard makes beautiful yours beard. look you know like you know like a mane. Mine's like mangy. Full, yeah, well, that's no, not mangy. Ahead, that's not be ridiculous. The, finish with the question. I would yeah. say you are a millennial, right? By age, I guess. Uh, I hate that word. No, I know, I know. I'm somebody, I, I'm going somewhere with it. Somebody brought it up. You. Why are you getting so close to that camera? I'm, I'm 36 <laughs> years old. I don't know what that classifies. You're on the I think so. Well, yeah, you're on the cusp. I'm, 30, I'm 35, and I'm, I don't, I'm not a millennial. You might not class. Okay, I'm so here, well, here's the question. I'm, somebody, not some, I'm not a liberal. <laughs> Thank I'm, not, I'm not claiming I'm a little either. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Are we well, going to love this question? Well, then. Uh, somebody said, somebody said, loyalty, not today's employee. Millennials are the number one example. Somebody Ooh. tweeted that. What do you think about that? Ooh. Anybody got anybody said no, it? No, 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 no. Anybody said a media explode? No. Well, I mean, I mean, like, listen. Here, here's the way I feel about it. Like, when, when you take, I, for me personally, everything was easy. I got in the sales, I was great. I got in F and I was great. I got in the sales manager, I was great. And I never had to really work at it. And then I got to GM and GSM, and it was a whole different uh, ball game. And I kept thinking it was all these different dealers I was working for with the issue. The issue was in the mirror, and I just stepped my game up. And 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 that's what uh, that's, that's what I'm doing right now. I I, I had a big time reality check, check up from the neck up. You know, and uh, I got, I got to, I got to put deliver the goods. That's all it's good. That's good. I, I don't know. Exactly. On that. I don't know. That's exactly I, what it is. If you don't know what you, this is why people think. It kind of is. I'm not a millennial, but it irritates me a little bit that we generalize that. Yeah. Because it's not millennials. I know a lot of really hard freaking working millennials who That's are right. bad ass and make magic happen in dealerships. But the problem is, is that so many people don't know what they want to be when they grow up. Stop chasing the dollar and figure out your dream. Uh, a good friend of mine said to me while I was in transition, like, seriously, just stop thinking about offers and jobs and whatever and think about what do you want? What do you exactly. want to look like? Yeah. What do you want your week to look like? What do you want to be when you grow up? Figure that out and stop chasing the grass on the other side. It's never going Never going to be better if you don't handle you and you don't know what you're choosing. Yeah, thank you. Everybody, everybody throws out that word millennial, and you know, and now with that tweet I just read this week, loyalty with millennial. That doesn't even make any sense because I have people, and I know Travis, and I know Briggs, and I Dave Villa. I know you. I know a lot, Paul Santo, and I know you very well. I know a lot, Kevin Campbell. I know you, but I know a lot of people. You know everybody. Doesn't matter what your age is. I know everybody. Let's just like sum it up. No, but it it doesn't matter what your age is or where you, what time frame that you grew up in. This started growing up in this world. People will be loyal to you if you treat them right and you lead them and you make them money and you help them with their family. It's just that's just the way that it is. Exactly. Yeah, and and you know what, gentlemen and lady, <laughs> it's time to wrap it up. We're running out of time. We could go on and on, but um, I want to get final comments from everyone, and I want to start with Paul Sansone Jr. If you could have your closing comments, please, on the free agency. You know, I'm going to take it the other way. To stop free agency, the biggest thing I I can recommend to a dealer is you have, we have to train our salesmen to uh, handle the wide array of leads that are coming in so that they are, can make more money for themselves, and that's why I'm putting them through BBC Boot Camp. So if there's any dealers listening, it's absolutely the single best thing I have done to get a trained salesman on my floor in 30, 60, 90 days that can make a living for themselves and uh, 
that's what, in my opinion, will avoid free agency, which for me is uh, my angle on this. Hey, Paul, real quick, um, did I understand also that you do something along the lines of a marketing um, allowance yeah, for salespeople? Yes, yeah, so I have a Tier 4 marketing platform, which is a marketing platform from the salesman's level, and it's an opt-in, meaning that they financially participate, but for their, it's a small participation, but they have uh, my salesmen get Facebook advertising. They have their own websites. They have easy referral networks so they can build their referral networks. So by the time they go out on the floor, they're basically an operating business. And I have many examples with salesmen walking out on the floor making six figures the first year and uh, people that were in other walks of life. And I have someone in the room listening to this nodding his head because he knows the story's true. So I'm setting them up for success. I'm not setting them up to be a millionaire. I'm setting, I'm setting them up to make a good living for themselves if they want to work hard enough. That's good. It's good. Kevin Campbell, man. Um, and by the way, I want to say something about Kevin because it's something we didn't have time to really say. It would have taken the conversation maybe a different direction. Personally, Kevin, when you left you know, one of the dealerships, I'm going to say I've never in the 20-plus years, and I told you about this this morning, yep. you said I've never seen that. Kevin Campbell, man, you, you literally went – 200 over 200 miles away to honor a non-compete from the the guy that you're really good friends with in the dealership i've never seen anything like that bro the integrity is in you know what you i believe this uh that you you can't uh you can't you can't pay that forward enough bro that's gonna come to to back into your life big time and i know you got some exciting stuff in the near future but that was a pretty 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 solid of you and uh and uh, thank you for the topic, too. This was Kevin Campbell's idea. He spoke probably the less out of, out of, out of anybody on the panel. But, um, Kevin, won't you finish up, man? Give us a couple of minutes of, of uh, anything no, you want to say. I appreciate, I appreciate the kind words there. I really, truly do. I am a man of my words, so um, I appreciate you saying that. I just want to say this for everybody who is a free agent who's considering maybe making the move. Just make sure you've thought it all out. You know, the grass sometimes isn't always greener. Uh, make sure you negotiate from a position of strength whenever possible. Make sure you might have that second or third opportunity lined up before you leave your, your first one. Um, and make sure that work-life balance is good. You know, the money always, always isn't the best. I walked into an opportunity where the, the dealer principal let me literally write my own pay plan, and I followed the money rather than the opportunity. And um, So that's not always the best thing to do either. So investigate your next move. Um, you know, shop, shop the dealership as a customer before you go in as an employee and see if the culture is right for you. Um, you know, check out the inventory, check out the online reviews, and make sure that if, if you are considering making a move, it's the right move for you. And, uh, and I appreciate I appreciate the time on the show today, guys. I really, really do. Thank you. Absolutely. Travis? Um, you know, the only closing argument I have is that if you're, gonna, if you're thinking about making a move, just really think it through. Really, really, really check it out. Um, I'm obviously not saying don't make a move, but there's a couple moves in my life I wish I could take back. So you really got, like, like my man Kevin just said, shop them as a customer first and, and check out what the culture is really like. You know, don't, don't just check out what her Instagram photo looks like. See what she looks like without makeup. That's just, that's just that's basically how I feel about the whole situation. Wow. So, um, and, and my closing argument is if, if, the, if the move makes sense, I mean, sometimes change is good. The grass isn't always greener, but sometimes it's easier to cut. See you, gentlemen. I got to get going. <laughs> Thank you, Travis. Jen. Thanks, Travis. Thanks, Travis. <laughs> Jen, talk to us. Me? Yes, yes, Jennifer, give us your final thoughts, okay. ma'am. So here's my final thought. I think that free agency is going to be a car, part of the car business until more people can be like Paul. I love the model. 
fantastic. But I really encourage everyone to stop jumping just to jump. Think about it. What are the reasons? Why doesn't it feel good for you to be there? And I love what Kevin said about shopping. Mm. Look at the walls, by the way. When you go and you shop a dealership before you take a job, if they don't clean the walls, how do you think they're going to take care of their staff? Just a tip. And um, I I don't know. I've always been more of a fan of secret agency. But, um, you know, it is. When when it's time for you to make a transition, you really need to take the time and, and go down the list and make sure your next opportunity will be a great opportunity. And I'm super excited. I know I have tons of fantastic things coming in 2017. And I hope everybody listening here takes these tips and advice and uses it to find the next spot for them. It could be their permanent home. That's good. That's good. Good, good words. And uh, we're going to go to Chris Bennett and give you the uh, final words, Chris. Oh, I appreciate it. Well, first off, I have a lot of respect for everybody on this uh, show um, week in and week out, and I can't thank you enough for having me on. But uh, it's just it's ironic enough and funny, I guess, because I am a free agent. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm researching dealerships. Um, I did have a couple offers. I, I didn't – my uh, – my philosophies didn't uh, match up with theirs, so I'm continuously uh, looking. I'm an NABA graduate, uh, dealer candidate school. Um, I take this business very seriously, and I believe in people. People, process, and product, just like Marcus Lamona says. So that's what I, uh, that's what I do. I'm going to continue to search. So if any dealers listening, anybody out there, you're looking for leadership, you're looking for general sales manager, you're looking for general manager, I can help you out, hook you up, and uh, contact me. And um, you can reach me at 215 215- Outstanding. Well, guys, thank you so much for for being with us today. Thank you for a great panel. And, uh, man, it was incredibly strong, man. Thank you guys all. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Won't you you consider for just pennies a day making Chris Bennett, giving him a forever home? Hey, man. Play you Sarah McLaughlin in the background. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I was thinking as we were kind of wrapping the show up a little bit, we're going to be going to the second panel here in just a second. Hey, we bring we have a caller on still. Let's keep the caller on for the second panel. We have a couple calls. Let's keep the caller on for the second panel, Lou. Okay? We'll, we'll bring whoever that is on. Um, and uh, But I want to say something, you know, just, but we got, we got to go. But, you know, going through, well, I was listening to Paul, because as an owner of a company, owned the company for, for a couple of decades, I've also experienced that pain and experienced what that feels like. It, it sucks. And um, But, you know, it's interesting. Some of, the, some of the most recent individuals that have gone through this organization, I mean, even, even you, I mean, we're friends. I mean, you yeah. know, we see each other at Starbucks, we're friends. I mean, it, they've, been, they've been almost like sending out. And promoting out and helping, you know, Chris and you know all these people. Mm-hmm. Rather, so it's so it's not only is it is it one of these things where it's not as painful, but we're friends and we we're colleagues. And I think that there's a way to do free agency that Jennifer kind of said, you know, when it's time, it's time. But during that transition, things strengthen, and I think that's something to be said too. Yep. Hey, man. One of four millennials hey, said they leave their company for a new job in 2016. That's the same. <laughs> I don't know where that's from. That's from the Dave Sabowski. Dave Sabowski Institute of Statistics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got a commercial break or are we going straight? Okay. Next up is yep. a commercial. Yep. We'll Actually, be right back. Like we'll be right seconds. back. The next up is. Is this helping you sell cars today? Does the dealership look like it's being effectively managed? So why does this happen? The problem is managers that don't really know how to manage and training that isn't really training. 
Think about this. Most management teams focus almost all their attention on only what's happening on the lot and in the showroom. In other words, the majority of our manager's time and effort is focused on a very limited pool of opportunities. The most successful dealers and management teams recognize that there are exponentially more opportunities happening outside the showroom that need to be converted. They execute an effective training strategy and they manage a few simple yet highly effective processes. The following video demonstrates what it looks like when it all comes together. You'll feel the energy of managers and salespeople making things happen versus waiting for them to happen. There is the captain. That's how we do it. <laughs> and look at this. Salespeople everywhere on the phones. Oh, look at that book. What's that book? I love that book. Perfect. Thank you. Look at that. Nothing but salespeople on the phones making it happen. Teach your managers how to do their jobs and provide them with the tools to get the job done. We help the best dealers in the industry get what they want better, faster, and smarter. When waiting isn't working, contact us. Service Group has over 40 years of experience empowering dealerships to grow profits, develop personnel, and provide their customers with a high level of service. We offer high quality products, world-class servicing, and innovative training and technology. Meet our team, first class trainers, the best account managers, and an executive team that's second to none. This is your service group team. We look forward to giving your people the power to Hey, welcome back to Auto Dealer Live. <laughs> I was going to do the Van Trilogy. He's like, it's like, it's like it's almost his voice came out of your mouth. Do it again. Try it again. Yeah. Do it again. Ready? Yeah. Welcome back to Auto Dealer Live. <laughs> and the next up really is our communication That's funny. experience. How ironic panel. is that? Huh? That's another irony there. He's like our, our communication. Communicate. 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 I, I don't think I've left the last panel yet. It was so good, but uh, but this panel's good, good too. Yeah, man. I'm looking good. forward to good, these guys. Good, yeah, good. we've got Andrew Myers. He's the co-owner and founder of What's Next Media, What's and we've next? got Tom Lapointe, digital marketing consultant at Car Chat 24. And if you're a dealer, you recognize these names already. We're so talking about yes. customer communication moving forward and how it's going to look in 2017. And yes, that's exactly know, what we're talking about. I don't about. know two people that would know any more about that than these guys. Yeah, exactly. And um, and in fact, Tom here is a, is a local guy here in Florida, and I appreciate you being on the show, Tom what and are Andrew. What hats called that he wears? For the, the painter uh, hat. You know what I, mean? I think they're no, no, like they're, Special uh, Forces hat. The, um, what you call it? Um, uh, Kangles. Kangles. He got the Kangle hat. The man can wear the Kangles, baby. He, puts them, he pulls he them off. He sports it. He pulls them off. He's branding himself. Right. So anyway, welcome to the show, guys. How are you doing? Outstanding. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. So, Tom, I'm going to go right to you. You know, you're with Car Chat 24, and, um, you know, we kind of left off in a previous conversation about really 
what the next step is in the car business, you know, what people are looking for in the way that we communicate with them as dealers. Obviously, that's a big hot button right now with all the technology seems like it's coming so rapidly. But tell us what your thoughts are as far as the newest, latest and most effective way to communicate with customers outside the dealership. Well, I think it just keeps expanding uh, existing technologies keep keep moving forward. Uh, our, our experience working with dealers and my personal conversation with dealers is dealers seem to really enjoy texting with the customers. Uh, they enjoy having the opt-in done so that they can have that communication. And, and if it's done right, it seems like customers really value and appreciate the dealer connecting with them at that level. Now, that said, I submitted a, a, a lead, a testing to an OEM site six months ago on an upcoming vehicle, and, and I got busy. I didn't have the dealership respond in a timely manner. Hey, we heard you're interested in this new Cadillac. And after two days, I got a direct text message from the, the employees. So dealers still have to be wary of the legal requirements, but that seems to be a, a huge plus for dealers and customers. Andrew, my question to you, man, is when are you going to invent, you know, like the the whole Star Wars thing? We're gonna, I want to, I'm interested in the little like hologram, you know, when when yeah. you go into a dealer's website, like a little hologram like, pop it's out. It's funny you say that because uh, I mean, you know, I'm, this isn't my 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 main topic, but I think I have one smart thing to say. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think it's what's funny is that technology increases, right? So we think we're getting further away, and we need to learn something new. But the goal of technology is actually generally to be regressive, to get us back to things we already understand. So what's funny is that the more stuff that comes online, Snapchat and all the different things, is basically trying to get you back to just looking at a person in a coffee table, like you would if you were sitting at a coffee table. So it's, it's funny because I feel like we're going in a direction where we're actually more familiar with, but the assumption is that we'll be less. Mm. That was, uh, was kind of deep. That was kind of deep. I, I, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, I know. I, I get what you're saying, though, because... That was the last smart one I have, so... <laughs> one more than me, buddy. No, we, lo- we, long, we long for that, man. It's <laughs> human interaction, that human interaction. I think that you're on to something that, you know, that if you really, really look at it, you know, we're, we're, it's, not about, it's not about something replacing. It's about, it's about enhancing the experience, and I, I'm, all, I'm all about that. I think that you are on to it because you can't... And, and well, you look at, like, web design and stuff like that. It's always trying to be, but they're always focused on the word intuitive. They always go through it, and they're like, yeah, to have to double-click that is not intuitive, so let's do this. I mean, they want to make an interface, whether it's communication or the way they interact with our website, that feels like feeding ourselves bread, sitting at a kitchen table or talking to somebody during dinner, right? So mm-hmm. I think people shouldn't be as much as uh, afraid of the coming technology because it's always going to be designed to make your life simpler. We're not adding things to the process. We're trying to remove them. That's good. Yeah, and Tom, I want to go to you because um, you know one of the articles that we read here on the show a couple of weeks ago as well it talked about you know uh, is the customer leaving our sites um, essentially you know quicker, easier, more often now because when they come on our our web pages and our dealer sites, maybe they've seen it all. You know, one one looks like the next one. There's nothing really there that is really grabbing them you know they're not just filling in the the prompts to uh to get their emails and contact infos any longer i mean they've kind of been there and done that in a way if that makes sense so how do we how do we get more attention there on our websites is there a way well that's uh that's really a low low pitch for 
for chat technology, regardless of the vendor, uh, and and done right, uh, you know, we, we we're a huge proponent of, of having the pop up, not on every page, not the moment you get there, but to replicate the experience that a customer gets on the on the dealer site, give them a chance to look around if they haven't found it, put the pop up up. But uh, there are advantages to having sites be a little familiar. If you think about the the analog brick and mortar, most car dealers are. The, the, the dealership itself is kind of the same, and, and there's a little bit of a familiarity with that. Okay, here's where you go to look for new cars. Here's where you go to look for used cars. The critical factor there is, I think, making sure that that information is updated. Uh, we'll still have dealers whose hours are wrong because they change for the winter or the summer months. We'll still have dealers that cars are online for one week, two weeks, a month, and don't have photographs. So. As much as the interface is important and, you know, the dealer arms and dealer inspires and dealer.coms of the world are, are, are way at the forefront of, of trying to make sure that's there. The flip side of that is, is mobile. I'm sure you guys see as much data as I do, but um, in some markets, mobile is 65 to 70% of all website traffic. So the, the website experience is, you know, is really dumbed down and simplified for mobile. And mobile phones are down because guess what? They're actually calling. Yeah, they're actually clicking the call button, so those form form counts are down. So, you know, I've always been as much as I'm a tech guy and been at building websites since the '90s at Johns Hopkins University. Outside of dating somebody, buying a car is probably the most personal experience you'll ever have. So, you still have to make it personal to them, whether it's on the phone, whether it's getting in front of them at their work, at their home. It's the website is the communications tool. I don't know that there's a post chatter and technology to connect, but leverage what's available and don't be how I say this diplomatically, don't be a jerk about it. Yeah. I was personally shopping for a car and got make sure around in the chat conversation. That, uh, yeah. Tack on to that, that same question real quick. So I I'll start off with a story. I had some background in sales. I did like door to door. I started off at a car lot, really wanted to impress my first day. And my first up, the guy wanted a blue Dodge Ram, or like a, an odd color. Oh, let's go take a look. And I walked him over there, and I really made a friend. I felt like he liked me. I showed him we didn't have the blue one. I showed him how much the price was. And then I walked him back to his car, and I, let him, I assured him I could give you a great deal on that when the time was right. And then I went inside. And I said, what are you going to do? You know, I did a good job. And they were laughing at me. They were literally laughing at me because that isn't the business. That's not how you do it. You know, if somebody, this vehicle obsession is not the way that cars are sold. The way they wanted me to bring them inside, I'm like, you want a blue one? Why would I bring them inside? I was naive. And everyone in the business is naive when they start. They think that the customer has an idea of what they want. They think that the process is linear and the way they're excited at this step will be how excited they are during that step. And the people who are in the business know that what I learned on the first, second, and third day was probably similar to what all these free agents have learned. And that's that you have to slow the customer down, you have to literally buy time with them, and you have to give them reasons to buy from you. And when they, when you start working on your skill set, like if you had a plumber, you have your tool bag, when you work on your skill set as a sales guy, it's voice inflection. My first question was, how do you stay with these slow customers? They walk so slow. And I can remember a guy going out there and showing me the, you kind of hang the leg, right? You kick it and then slowly walk back. Okay, well, now I can at least keep up with my customers, you know? So so it's all about these facial expressions. These, oh, did you know that Don is our best trading guy? I'm going somewhere with this. Is that what you learn is body language, voice inflection, 
all the things that can be packed essentially into into a video, right? So that's where communication is going. It's back to the basics, back to where you can get a customer excited and the way you talk about the situation is almost as important as whether or not you have that blue one in stock. But I think that's what you run into on the website. It's just a bunch of really naive people that say, well, I don't understand. I gave them all these great pictures of the car and I gave them some videos of those pictures of the car and then I also did some other stuff about the car and I emailed them about the car. But like you said, it's all about what's unique, what's new. I used to tell people, uh, you know, you're really lucky you came in tonight because Paul's the guy who really does a good job on the details. Those other guys, they just pull a number out of the book. And it would create a sense of urgency for that night. So I think that's what people are, are missing, right, is that they literally are as naive as I was on my first day selling cars, but they're building these dealers' websites. They're touching every dealer's customer, and they don't have a clue how this customer operates or how we convert that customer once they finally get into the dealership, because that's the disconnection, is these marketers think that these customers are behaving like they do in the Sprint store once you get them close enough to the door. And that is absolutely not true. They require a special type of handling to become car buyers, and that those same kid gloves need to be used in the way you set the deal up online. Andrew, your your Twitter handle's on the screen. Tell dealers how they can get a hold of What's Next Media, if you would. And I've got one... um, Last que- last comment. I want Tom to comment on as well. Then I'm gonna give him a chance too. So. Yeah, and I've got I've got a shameless plug for for viewers that want to see what I'm talking about. We have clients dialed in with reasons to buy from them videos on the home screen, in the VDPs, in the directory, in the sliders. All the videos are hosted on their own page. You just need to have a URL. You can put a URL in an email. You can put it on a website. So uh, Tom mentioned Dealer Inspire. We know we've got Dealer Fire example. Dealer Inspire example. If you want to see what a website looks like. When it greets you at the door, it says, hello, let me show you what I can do for you today. I've made videos about our products, our people, our charity events, and how to make a digital process. Um, I don't even want to give you the demo. I don't have the time. I will give you the a one website. You can go secret shop me and see exactly what I'm talking about and see it the way a customer does and see if it doesn't feel more like buying a car from a store uh, rather than a sprint.com. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, what's next? How do you get hold of me? What's next? You guys can find me very, very, very easily. Use Google. Awesome. Uh, love Andrew, man. Love Andrew. Tom, I'm gonna. I want to ask this question. I just put it. I was thinking this, and 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 I I, I think I think I knew this, but I was thinking this, and I just saw Ian Smith. It's actually on the screen behind me now. I think Google and Facebook now include SMS IM, you know, extensions on their ads. I was thinking about this as a customer goes forward. You know, first of all, that's priceless to a dealer, right? To get that, have that information. But is it possible? Like, I don't want to have a bunch of different things, but is it possible that we could get, you know, this connected to you know, someone's Facebook page when we're talking to them and, 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 and not just chat. Like my son was sitting there the other day um, buying something and, and trying to, to download on his computer and he was showing his sister and I and his mom like some SNL Saturday Night Live videos on YouTube. And he kept switching from screen to screen on his Mac, you know, and answering the chat and hitting him back. And I'm sitting there watching how multiple things are going on with a 21-year-old, you know, kid in school. Millennial. Huh? Millennial. Yeah, yeah, you like that word, but I mean, it's just a twenty-one-year-old kid. But my question, so I mean, is this a is this a game changer with this these SMS and IM you know um, add-ons on on ads that are that are available now, Tom? Um, whether or not it's a game changer will always remain to be seen about anything. I wouldn't have thought Facebook was a game changer when everybody was ugling up their MySpace page. <laughs> but it's 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 technology that Car Chat Twenty Four we're looking at. I know other chat providers are starting to poke into try, figuring out ways to make sure that it incorporates. And, and you want to make sure it incorporates seamlessly too. Um, we've we've got a lot of new technologies being able to do video 
uh, hot video transfers, hot call transfers to the dealer. And sometimes it's all to We tried SMS six years ago when we first launched our platforms, and nobody wanted to touch it. There were legal issues, there were opt-in issues. Um, we, we did direct phone calls. So we click here, you know, to have a, a to talk to the dealer now, and the dealers didn't want to take a call at the store. Dealers are more open to taking a call now. Dealers are open to taking a video. So we're, we're trying to figure out how to make sure we incorporate Facebook so so that it, it does transfer. But the technology, for the sake of technology, doesn't change anything. Uh, as, as we, you know, if you ever drove a car with OnStar in the late 90s, it was almost a disaster. It was so clunky. What what we see more is, is dealers handling their own chatter, their own SMS, and not answering. The worst thing you can do is have this technology turned on. Hey, click here to chat. Click here to, to text us now and then not answer it when they call. Yeah. An offline message isn't the best, but at least you're saying I'm not available. Yeah. But but if someone waits 20 or 30 seconds and you don't answer, that was the same as them walking on the lot and I could greet it. So I think That's it's good. a game enhancer. Whether or not it'll change the game, um, you know, we'll know in two or three years. Google always hopes that technology will change the game, and some of it has. It's good. How does uh, the, I, I'm, I'm assuming if you Google car chat 24 you're coming up <laughs> we definitely want to be part of the google game as with their chat side that's for sure awesome man so someone needs to locate you i guess just uh your twitter handles on the on the screen as well and uh what's the website that they go to tom at tom the plane is my uh is my twitter handle and car chat 24 c-a-r chat 24.com and I'm the easiest guy to find in digital space. I can't do anything wrong. Just Google Tom the point and you'll find me. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Andrew, it's good seeing you. But you up in Seattle? Is it cold up there? Hey. Oh man, it's uh, it's for me, yes, and for you, yes. But for, for, for the other rest of the country, they probably say no. <laughs> All right, guys. But for me, way too cold. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, happy Happy New Year, guys. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Chris, you, 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 that resonated with you, the little leg drag thing. You, you thought you found it really did. Quite, it's funny. Amazing. It's funny. I was laughing. I wasn't laughing at Andrew. I was no. laughing at what he was saying because there was so Turned much truth in it. Oh, yeah, it I does know. because so. here when you're on the phone, you don't get that physical experience, but on the lot, you can move a customer with your body. It's the most incredible, empowering thing. But I, um, I didn't. I didn't want to sound ignorant because I mean, I, I mean, I know what I'm talking about from the standpoint of I can see it, but I wanted to get the terminology right. But so, but when uh, Brad Pascal just uh, just kind of made me feel a little smarter, but um, about fa- about what I was talking about. He said Edmonds just launched Facebook Messenger. I'm thinking about that. You know, I know these little boxes that pop up all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, how wonderful! Look, I don't, I would, I, I don't have a problem. You know. If it were through my Facebook account, right. in other words, and then think about that if you're as a dealer, if somebody logs onto your site and you had Facebook Messenger, right, rather than like a separate chatting box where you're able to now somehow, you know, connect with them via Facebook. Um, I just think that I think it's could, could, I, here's the one thing I think about. This is just my assumption, but my assumption based on, you know, experience, recent experience where people were more hesitant to give out some of their information. We're in such a connected world yes. today that people aren't as hesitant no. to give their information. So I think where somebody before, I mean, I can tell you the SMS, right? Text messaging is not as big of a deal to have someone's number to a young person 
than it is to have any of their other social media. My kids, I can text my kids or I could direct message them on some sort of social media and they'll respond faster. Ezra, you're, you're, you're 20 year old. You respond faster probably via other forms than text. You know, the same phone, a text message pops up and my daughter, my 16 year old daughter won't read a freaking text message, but you could send her a direct message on Twitter or something else and she'll get it. Right, right, you know? exactly. And I, I just think that, I think that um, we're in an age where if we can connect with them, then we've got some valuable information there. So, Maybe not using, you know, this, maybe finding a way like Edmonds, it seems like they're doing something really cool, but maybe some of you guys like Brad Pascal and Ian Smith might know a little something about that. You guys should come on to the show, Brad Pascal. What about bullhorns? And maybe Arnold Terrarina, maybe get Arnold, because Arnold's so smart, according to Brad. Brad and Arnold are all lathering each other. They love each other. They love each Yeah, they're, they're having a love fest. Yeah, I think you're, you're right on the money, though. You have to be prepared to communicate with people in a way that they've become comfortable with, not necessarily you, yeah, you know. Exactly. And, uh, and it's funny because I, when you were talking about Ezra and his age and the SMS and the information and whatever, I was, I was sitting here thinking, what if a home phone was ringing? Would Ezra even answer it? He'd be looking <laughs> around and be like, what kind of Dude, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this right now, by the grace of God. If you call that's my home started. phone and you are dying, you're gonna die. Like that's just how it's gonna be. I will not answer. I will not well, get off go. the couch. I will not leave my room. If I hear that phone ringing, it's going straight to voicemail. I, I like, have a that he has a home phone. I, I like, haven't had a phone. Shocked. It must be part of the bundle. I don't even know bundle. why we have it anymore, dude. I never. I have a number. I have a number. I know. I know by heart because I had to know as a kid, so it's like burned in my brain, but. Yeah. I never answer that joker. As a kid, he is like a legit child, like as a literal, like even smaller than I am, like a small child. <laughs> He's taking everything from us. He did. He, he took the objection. Uh, right dude, I, I know all of them. Just, just, what just, you thinking just, that, just, see, exactly. I wasn't. I wasn't. Stand up. Oh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got me on that one. That was good. That was good. So maybe we made a love connection today. Who knows? Never know. Maybe for never Chris know. Bennett. Never oh, yeah. Well, that time will tell. Did we have? Did we have any? Other, so nobody else on that. Yes, they were, they were all. Uh, Kevin Campbell is technically still a free agent. He yep. hasn't announced officially right. to everybody. Um, I think uh, Jennifer Briggs is a free agent. Um, I'm assuming. Um, I think that uh, Travis just landed, and Chris Bennett yep. is a free agent. Yep. Okay. That's why I was just double so checking. Yes. So people know. People know what they're dealing with because you know, talented, quality people. Well, yes. we're over, guys. I, yeah, I know we we uh, we're, we're trying to keep our shows in 2017 to to an hour. And um, that'll be our non negotiable. Appreciate you guys. That's our non negotiable for 2017. Hey, I thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for calling in, man. What a great, great show. And um, may all acquaintance be forgot. I don't know the words past that. The next up is 2017. Yes, 2017. See you next year. God bless you. Good night.